Well, good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the final edition of this year's Hager Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill once again. Huge crowd out here. Wait, Tony Roman's the only one here. <laughs> Not everybody's made it back yet. No, the judge should be here. He left before I did. He left me sound asleep in the, in the house. <laughs> well, our season started way back in October, and here it is, the middle of February, and we finally made it. We both survived, although not with a, um, a little bit of illness this weekend. Both Man, we, 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 fought, we fought hard, but we made it through. We had a great time down in Evansville, and we got to meet a lot of people that we've been talking to on the phone all season long. Uh, I must have run into Aaron King 15 times this weekend. He kept saying, hey, hey, hey. You need anything? No, we're good. We're good. We got enough Explore Evansville t-shirts. Now, Dane, I had a text. I sent a text to uh, Robert Falcons on my way back. Uh, and that four-and-a-half-hour drive, I had plenty of time to, uh, <laughs> to communicate with some people. And I said, you did a great job. You're, you and your team should be highly recommended. And I think you pulled it off. And he told me, he said, I think I've aged five years in the last week. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> and I told him, I said, if you would like to come on tonight, if you feel like it, give me a call. I said uh, we would certainly give you a thumbs up for the weekend. He never texted me back. So that means he, just like you, when you got home, took a nap, he went home, probably went right straight to bed too. Probably. Um, you know, a lot of discussion about a lot of different things from the state finals this weekend. You know, there's probably blame for a lot of the problems to go around for everybody. I don't think the IHSAA was to blame for a lot of the complaints that, that people had. And sometimes – People just like to complain. Oh, yeah. There so, were a lot of complaints about how cold it was in the arena. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think Robert had a thermostat <laughs> in his pocket that he was turning up and down to make sure that it was no, what it would. I think the Evansville people went out of their way. I did not walk out front, but you said that when in between that big round where there's a lot of people going out there, you said there was people on the street asking, what are you looking for? What do you want to do? And they were directing traffic and saying, if you want this, go here. And you want this? And, and they said there was 10 or 12 people out there doing that. We went into a bar uh, in between the breaks to get something to eat, and it was so full we came back out, and a nice young lady from Explore Evansville was there. What are you guys looking for? You want barbecue? You want a burger? And she said, if you go two blocks this way, there's a place with open tables. You know, that's the kind of stuff that, that, that makes you feel safe and at home. Uh, the zip line is a little cold for zip lining. Now, had it been 60 degrees... I think there would have been more people on it. And rock climbing, not necessarily a 25-degree sport. <laughs> I, I do know that uh, when we were setting up for the uh, coaches show uh, earlier before the uh, event started, a guy came up to the window and he told the lady, he said, we're here to dress the streets downtown. And he and his crews went and salted every sidewalk within 10 blocks of there, and they did it, the downtown area. And they, they went out of their way to make sure that everything was there um, during the one break, I stepped out, and there was a few food trucks were out there, and they seemed like they were getting some pretty good business. They had tents set up with heaters inside them, so if you got food, you go sit in a tent and uh, eat your food in a heated tent. Um, we, before people came in, they had uh, some company brought in free coffee. There was coffee out there in a little tent. People were getting free coffee, and they had the heaters out. I mean, they went out of their way to make sure that they represented their city as best they could, and I think they did a phenomenal job. And maybe it's something that... that rolls over in the next year when they host the semi-state. You know, the semi-state's a big, long day with a lot of people coming in from out of town for them, and I would imagine that they'll probably take some of those ideas and, and, and rehash them out for next year. And I would think that somebody involved in Indianapolis downtown and with Gainbridge and with the IHSAA will look at some of those things. 
talk to the people down in Evansville and say what was successful, what wasn't, because, you know, for so long we bring in this big crowd. It's a bigger crowd than just about anything as far as a, a two-day event for the IHSAA, and we're all supposed to be intelligent enough to, to know exactly where to go and, and, and what's available, and I think Indianapolis could, could do a lot more to, to get more people to come downtown and to spend more time rather than going back to their hotels or, um, you know, going back to the, the hotel and ordering a pizza. And I think we're going to see some things next year with the new park that they made next to Gainbridge that they used for the All-Star Game this weekend and with Georgia Street that they had for the Super Bowl when they first hosted it. You know, I think there's a lot of possibilities. And uh, I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm going to be happy that we're back in Indianapolis next year. Now, there's, there's a lot of people, you and I included, that thought, hey, Indiana, uh, Fort Wayne would be a great place to have the state finals. If you think about it, where the Coliseum sits, you just don't get out of the Coliseum. And, and you just don't walk to someplace like that. Now, unless the Coliseum would bring in food trucks out in the lobby and out in the parking lot and do that and something like that. But there's no downtown section. You, you just don't walk to those places. You get run over on Coliseum Boulevard trying to come back there. And then officially, at the week of Seminole State, Robert told you that the Coliseum would not work with him and wouldn't give him two days. So all those people like us complaining because we didn't get it in Fort Wayne, Coliseum didn't want it. Yeah, there's, and there's just no place around the Coliseum where you're going to be able to, to walk. So I think, uh, I think it was a great weekend and um, certainly had a lot of fun. And like I said, got a chance to talk to a lot of people that we've had on the show all season long that we met for the first time. I must have seen Nate Spangle from Bishop Chittard about 16 times between at our hotel and out and about and in the hallways and all those types of things. And one other thing that I uh, had a lot of comments on was the staff inside the arena was so much friendlier and so much more lax than in Indianapolis. And they just, they just let us be there and enjoyed it. And, you know, everybody was so nice and it was so different from what it's been in Indianapolis the last couple of years where they've just been downright rude in a lot of ways to a lot of people. It's like they think you're in prison when you're in there watching events. Like I paid money to get in here. You don't have to treat me that way. Well, I think they have a preconceived notion of, of who we are. And I, you know, We've been going to the state finals for, for decades. Wrestling fans, for the most part, are a pretty intelligent bunch. They're very well informed about the sport that they're there for. And a lot of them, you know, most people that go down there, they've got two kids to watch, one kid to watch. But a lot of those people stay around and watch all of it. There, how many people stayed around uh, yesterday to watch the third play or the, the, the very last semifinal at 285? I mean, yeah, some people cleared out and started going out because they wanted to get a seat, but there were a lot of people who stayed around to watch every single semifinal match, even though they probably couldn't have named the 285s that were wrestling in the semis before the weekend started. Now, props out to our number one fan, the Judge and Henry. Everything was done. They're breaking down mats, and we look down, and the Judge and Henry are still sitting in their seats, and your wife says, what are they still doing sitting there? And I said, they're just taking it all in, Jen. Well, our show tonight is going to be a review of our whole season on WZBD from High School Wrestling Weekly to our match coverage. We're going to start all the way back in October when we had the High School Wrestling Media Day. We're going to share our stories and memories and run through some of the real highlights of the season in Adams County. And then we're going to go all the way until 834 the state finals and, and recap all of those. And maybe we'll get a call from Commissioner Falcons. This season seems longer than it really was, Dane. That's because we start to wrestling show four weeks before the season starts yeah it was only five days before the first girls match correct so, so it, it wasn't too far ahead but next year i think they're going to sanction that 
and then we'll just roll right in, and it, we're not, we won't be a month in front of the season because we'll be a week in front of the season. Do you think they'll take any of our input as far as scheduling and say, listen, WZBD can't cover this if you keep doing it on Friday nights? Well, I'll tell you what, we're the driving force. <laughs> if, if anybody in this state gets credit for helping sanction girls wrestling, it's us. We've talked about it more than any two humans in the state. You might be right. Yeah. With that, let's send it back to studio. Steve Rouse on the board for this final Sunday night. You're listening to High School Wrestling Weekly on WZBD. When faced with the difficult task of making arrangements for your loved one, many emotions and questions arise. What would they want me to do if they were here? Where is the money coming from? How much should I spend? Do they want burial or cremation? The staff at Haggard, Hershey, and Zelt Funeral Home can help you navigate these tough questions. Make your wishes known and allow us to make sure that your wishes are carried out. Call Ryan Hershey or Eric Zelt at 260-724-7167 to schedule an appointment today. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. Come on, guys. It's where your friends shop. Decatur Package Liquors, with the best service and variety in town, now with locations in Monroe, Byrne, and Markle. Nobody handles screen printing and apparel like Team Montrewear in Bluffton, providing high-quality and creative apparel for South Adams football, Belmont Wrestling, and many others in our area. Team Montre takes all the work coaches and volunteers used to do, taking orders and collecting money, and does that for them. Set up an online store and let the local experts at Team Montre take care of the rest. From custom designs to a wide array of apparel and gear, Team Mantra is your home for all of your team apparel needs. Visit the brand new location for Team Mantra Wear on Main Street in Bluffton or visit them online at teammantrawear.com today. Welcome back once again to the Hager Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Week, hosted by the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, Rex Burlong and Dane Filling, as we reminisce as we walk down memory lane from this season that started how many weeks ago, Dane? I don't know. It was October 29th. It was before the Calathumpian Parade that we were here at the Double Eagle out in the pavilion, and we had a great contingent out there, and a lot of those guys that were here. I think we had that, 33 on the sign-in on sheet. On that Sunday, a lot of them were down at State. Um, you know, we had the East Side coaches. with The Garrett coaches were here the whole night. Mm-hmm. We had um, East Noble. They won the girls' wrestling semi-state. Coach Reason was on his way down on Saturday. He was listening to us the whole time. He wanted his boys to get a shout-out on WZBD. You know, they were listening on their phone, and that's one of the nice things about the streaming on the website now is uh, we're able to to broadcast to everybody across the state. And we had people listening from Florida, and we had 17 clicks from Mexico (laughs) on the Listen Live. So in my mind, somebody was in Mexico and and checking in periodically with what was going on, probably on a vacation or something. They were not in Cancun all-inclusive. That's dedication. If dedication. You're, you're to Cancun all inclusive and you're still checking high school wrestling scores? I uh I appreciated our media day and I appreciate both the Double Eagle and their willingness to help us out on those types of things and our station owner for allowing us to provide some food to entice those wrestling coaches to come and everybody was willing to talk and excited to talk about the season. Didn't didn't and our buddy Joe help with that too? It was it was a lot of fun. And uh there was a big crowd up here that night as uh, everybody wanted to stay for High School Wrestling Weekly, and we really developed a lot of relationships with those guys in the area and in the semi-state, and those relationships always come to be really helpful when you wrestle dual meets against them and you, you, you want information ahead of time, and they, they provide you that. Um, and then, of course, 
like how much time did we spend with Jimmy Lynn and, and, and Harley <laughs> Barron this year? We saw them everywhere. And I just, I appreciate those relationships that you build throughout the season and then throughout the years, because you come to appreciate how much hard work those guys, if you don't know Jimmy and you just watch Easton Doster win, you think, Oh, that's nice. <laughs> but having known him for the last two or three years and his willingness to come on our show and talk to us and do interviews, Oh, I was just so I was just it was exhilarating to see him win, and I was so happy for Nick Krause as well yesterday, as Garrett had had wrestling, you know, going back all the way to the 30s and never had a state champion, and to hear Chase Leach talk about the fact that um, when he watched as a middle schooler a Garrett wrestler wrestle under the lights, it inspired him to dedicate himself to the sport. Those are the kinds of stories that you love because there were a bunch of fourth graders and sixth graders and eighth graders who were there in the arena last night and they saw their heroes. How many kids in Decatur are going to be inspired by Duke Myers wrestling under the lights, Keegan Martin fighting back for fifth place. There were a bunch of little kids running around our hotel last night. Um, Adam Butcher's two young boys. They're second grade and fourth grade. Um, and, and his daughter is also wrestling now for Decatur Wrestling Club, Macklin. They were all down there. The whole family was down there simply to watch. I don't have any relatives, um, and I think those are some of the cool parts of, of the state finals, and, and, and those things turn into legend and into lore, and Duke's win over Anthony Reinhardt's going to be one that goes down there right up there with Randy Baker's win over Ben Whistle. You know, I was, I was headed down in the elevator uh, to get a break or something like that, and I, I felt like felt bad all weekend long. Just could not get a break, and this cold was gone, and this little guy comes in, and he's like, I don't know, he might be three. And he walks in and just stand there, and he didn't know what was going on. I said, you having fun, buddy? And he said, yeah. And I said, that's all that matters. <laughs> that's all and I walked matters. out. So. so after we got done with the media day, we had our very first broadcast, and you and Nat were down in Jay County on November 2nd for our very first dual meet of the year. And how many girls did we see who ended up placing? You had uh, Blackford and North Miami and then Jay County and it was one of the first dual meets that Jay County's hosted, the first 10 probably. And they were able to move girls around. They were able to get all three teams to wrestle each other. There were some exhibition matches. But even from there, I think we realized that we had found something because there were people who were tuned in to our broadcast from all three of those schools and were excited about it. And we were able to plug our coverage upcoming for the rest of the year. And uh, we got it off to a great start. You know, we're walking out of the gym. And I got the equipment packed up, and I had four different Jay County families come up and thanked us for being there. So, you know, it, it, it pays off. It counts. And we were still in the middle of doing football, and we had the volleyball state finals that week. It was a very busy week for us, I remember. We came back, and we got a chance to talk to Coach Myers uh, of Jay County in our show on November 5th and preview what was to come for their girls' team. And then from there, I think we had one more match i'm looking through my schedule now oh yeah you stayed home i went up to columbia city and uh we had the giant inflatable eagle of course take and the judge with you didn't you? i uh, no yes the judge came with me and joe caprino was there he was my um he was my co-host and rocco was there with us and of course anytime that you can see the inflatable eagle it's uh it's worth it we saw i'd rather they turn it around so you run out the backside, <laughs> but we saw some really talented girls. Columbia City has a great girls team. We saw some good matches between Emily Maynard and Alexis Spalding, I remember, Lena Lingo, 
And then the, the, the two heavier weights for Columbia City, Park and, gosh, now my, her name's going to escape me as I'm going off the top of my head. But those two girls had great seasons. And that was a really good dual meet between those two. And they're two of the premier programs in our corner of the state. And uh, I think they were the ones, were they the ones who did the very first dual meet, Columbia City? And yeah, because we were Columbia City and Jay County, and then they had um, Indianapolis Brebuff come Brebeuf, up. Yeah. So on a Tuesday night, Indianapolis Brebuff puts five girls in a bus, and they drive from Indianapolis to Columbia City for a girls' dual meet. That was the year before. Then on Thursday, that was Thursday, I should say, after driving to Columbia City, I came back down to Fort Wayne on Friday, got to welcome in a uh, new nephew into my world on Friday, I took the day off, and then drove right back up to Wawasee for the first voice broadcast of the season. And that was the first time that I had been to Wawasee since Thanksgiving when I was 10 years old or something like that. I hadn't <laughs> been there for forever. And we saw some, some great debuts on the varsity side of things for Belmont. We really got a chance to see Grady Baker for the first time. He picked up a win in that match. We saw Ben Mills. He got a win in that match. And then we saw some of Wawasee's studs down below, Caleb Salazar, Cameron Sentner. We got a chance to see Henry Farrow. He had a 16-1 tech fall in that opening match. And little did we know that he was going to be that good all season long. The only time that I was a little bit worried about Henry uh, over the course of the season, turns out that was when he was ill. And he just wasn't at his best. Uh, by the time he recovered and got to sectional and regional and semi-state, he deserved that state that state final spot. You know, he was the sleeper. I mean, he was he was the guy that uh, if you ask me that Henry's going to be that stud, I'll be the first one to tell you. No, I, I did not think that he was going to do it. And he just he he just kept on winning, kept on winning, and he got hot toward the end. And and when he he had a fen- phenomenal semi-state and qualifies for the state finals, and I'll be the first one to tell you, it surprised me. Well, it's, it's so difficult now. You think, well, these kids, they get, they're so good so early on, but that also means that they're so good later on too, right? You've got all of these guys who are varsity-level guys coming in as freshmen, and it's hard to compete. And Henry had a great middle school season, and we've got a couple guys in the eighth grade right now for Belmont who are going to be right there. But we had a talented group of freshmen this year when it comes to lightweights all across the county. How many big wins did Titus Loshi have for, for South Adams? He had some big ones. You look at the freshmen that Adam Central had. Yeah. Sorgen. You know, they were, they were phenomenal. And for Henry, you know, it's just a, a, a platform for him now to say, this is, this is what my expectation is, is to compete at that level. And I know that I need to do this to be able to train to get there. And uh, I'm really looking forward to what he can do. My favorite part about Henry, though, is he's so calm. And there's no celebration. There's no – There's no up, no down. There's just one level. <laughs> He's focused and he's dedicated, and I think you're going to see him grow as an individual and really be one of the leaders of the team, one of the silent leaders of the team, I should say. Yeah. Now, you, you talk about that Am Central freshman group, and we, the, the world is all back in, in, road, back in alignment now as the, ju- the judges here. But, uh, you know, that, that talented group of uh, freshmen that Am Central had, uh, a talented group of uh, young guys that uh, South Adams has, great guys. Yeah, and we're, we're going to be able to watch them here for the next couple of years. Belmont won that dual meet 50-27. to 27. Uh, The only uh, bad part of that one um, was the injury that uh, Sam Wolpert's opponent suffered. 
And that was a really weird feeling because we wrestled in the dark that night under the spotlight, and this kid had to be carried out on a stretcher with a stinger in his neck is all it was, I think. But we sat there in silence for 15 minutes. It was our very first YouTube wrestling broadcast, and I had no idea what to do during this whole time. And the, the uh, EMS crew is out there strapping them on, to the, and I'm just, what could I possibly be describing? <laughs> That was when we decided that our uh, cue music was going to be the dun 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 And we got that clip, and then we used that the rest of the year. because Now, here's my story of uh, Wawasee. I refereed about three tournaments a year at Wawasee. And one year we were up there, and we was about an hour into the tournament, and the lights in the gym go out. And we lay there for two hours in the dark waiting. A squirrel got into a transformer <laughs> in downtown and blew, the, blew everything and one half the town out. So... Squirrel lost his life, and they finally got the power back up, and we had wrestled, and we were two hours behind, and the tournament ended like at 10 o'clock at night, and it was just terrible for us and the squirrel. I had a fun time that night. As I said, it was our very first YouTube broadcast for high school wrestling on WZBD. That was a lot of fun. The judge was gracious enough to uh, buy us a meal at Texas Roadhouse. I went with uh, Matt Monroe went with us, and Mary Freet went with us, and it was just a really good time, and we had, we had a heck of a lot of fun. From there, you were at... Was that when you were doing football still? Yeah, I was still doing football. You and David were doing the football semi-state. That was at Adam Central. At least you didn't have to go to, to North Judson for that one. We froze. <laughs> we sat outside and froze. From there, you and I wrapped up November with a dual meet at South Adams against Cowan for the second consecutive year. And uh, South Adams picked up the win there. And that from there, from November 28th on, they were in. And they were you know, a legit top five, type, top 16. You know, and that's because uh, Robert and that group of coaches down there, they built a schedule that they, they did what some teams are trying to do is they, you build a schedule that gets you enough points to put you into the team tournament. And, that, and that's what your goal should be. Yeah, we talked to a lot of teams, a lot of coaches from team state teams this weekend, and they all said the same thing. You know, now that we know where we are and how close we are, and we can see the teams that we're competing against, we can build a schedule around that. With that, let's send it back to studio. Steve Rouse running the board for us. We'll be back with more High School Wrestling Weekly on our wrap-up show here on WZBD. Are you ready for spring? Come see what we have growing in the greenhouses. Hi, it's Jesse at Heller Nursery, and we are open all winter long. Heller Nursery always has a wide selection of houseplants in stock and pottery for inside and outside the house. We are preparing for spring every day now. And with new shipments of decor, pottery, plants, and seeds, there's always something new to see. Check out HellerNursery.com to see our wide selection of spring offerings of trees, shrubs, fruits, and perennials. Heller Nursery, open seven days a week. DDD Maintenance and Repair, owned and operated by Shane Reynolds, has your local professionals for heavy-duty truck and diesel engine repair. DDD Maintenance and Repair also offers full-service sand and glass blasting for your surface restoration projects. Whether it's getting your heavy-duty truck and diesel engine running like new or sandblasting your project to look like new, we have a blast renewing the past. Give Shane and the guys a call at 260-223-5442. That's DDD Maintenance and Repair. Winter might be here, but that doesn't mean that we can't think about golf. Give Cross Creek Golf Club a call at 724-4316 or visit their website, crosscreekdecatur.com, for all of your off-season golf needs. Memberships and gift cards make great presents for the golfers in your life. Book an outing for this year, but hurry as they fill up fast. 
March is just right around the corner. Cross Creek, a proud supporter of Belmont Athletics and Belmont Wrestling. Welcome back once again to the Hagerhurst Hotel High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Our guests tonight, Tony Roman and Chad Kukla. Our, our, our only two faithfuls that stick around all season long. Not even Dane's mom and dad. You That's guys, a regular. They're, guys they're, probably, they're probably tired from babysitting your kids they all week. They probably are. That's for sure. Hey, before we got to Cowan and South Adams, I forgot all about the Red Hawks Super Duels. We didn't broadcast that event this year, but we did have a heck of a lot of fun doing the live blog. And uh, I think it, it, it brought a lot of people closer to the action. In a marathon two-day event like that where you got ten duels, you can't possibly do all ten duels over mm-hmm. the air. And, and there's not – there's not one specific duel there that's that's necessarily the best one. And so we had a lot of fun with the website, incorporating that into our coverage and being able to bring you full results of all ten duels across two with days. Photos. With a ton of photos. And it was a lot of fun because I was able to take the photos. I was able to plug them directly into my phone. I did that entire live blog from my iPhone. Cool. And the technology was there. And, um, you know, you guys were – at the state finals in football, football yeah. while I was in Goshen. And I look back on that Red Hawk Super Duels, and I know a lot of people have been critical about Belmont jumping in there because it doesn't necessarily have that top notch. There's no top 20 teams in it. But you look at some of the teams that were there, they all had state qualifiers. How many kids did we wrestle at semi-state that we already had head-to-heads with at Goshen that we came back and saw? Duke got pushed by two guys there and got sent to overtime by one or not both of them. Well, it was the kid from South Bend, Riley, that pushed him a little bit at the Goshen duels. And then when they met again at the Al Smith, that one went into overtime. And that was a tough one. So, you know, South Bend, Riley had some guys that pushed us. Goshen had some guys that pushed us. We saw Eastside. Garrett was there, but I think they brought their B team. Um, And overall, it it was a pretty good group of matches. And I know the Belmont coaching staff loves what it does for the team early on you get those 10 matches in and as you get into december and the matches that really mean something on the dual side of things you're sort of battle tested and you've had a chance to to do it and i i know that tim talks a lot i heard him talking to you about it on the floor on saturday tim doesn't like to compete tim loves to train and he talks about it all the time we compete too much and we don't train enough and I think what he likes about it is you get that competition in, you get some matches in, you use your two points early, and you don't have those two points some Saturday later on in the year. Yeah, it's a good tuner. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what it was. So Belmont goes 10-0 over the course of that one. Angola actually pushed Belmont the hardest. Laporte was there. Uh, we see some teams that also gave us some seating criteria up at the Al Smith. And then... Um, that weekend, the following weekend, I was in Chicago with the, with the German club, and you went to Delta, and Belmont pulls off a huge win in an exciting duel, 39-37. And the, kind of the hero was Henry Ferrot, even though he took the loss, right? He needed just to, to keep it to a decision, and that clinched yeah. the victory for him. <laughs> and then we come back, and we, we knew that uh, we dodged a bullet that night because Delta come back full strength, and they're the real deal, and they, they beat us in a team state. And there, you know, there was a couple of bumps that, that happened there. Delta bumped away Stebbins from Duke Myers, and he pins Xavier Palacios. Um, 
Belmont bumped up Cole Mendez and Keegan Martin. Keegan beats Isaac Moss 10-5. Mm-hmm. to 5. That was a good duel. I enjoyed it greatly. I listened to it in the bus on the way home from Chicago. And, and I'll tell you what, Dane. So we start off talking about the YouTube. The, the YouTube ability that we have to cover multiple events at the same time and then the archive ability of it, if that's a word, archive ability, that uh, you can go back and listen to it, uh, we have, has just increased the um, the functionality of the of the radio station. For sure. And then we came right back that Tuesday, and we had the what seems like a really uh, obscure thing, Belmont Wrestling in the Stardome. It hasn't happened very many times. I think we looked it up over the course of 55, 57 years. Belmont's only wrestled in the Stardome and Varsity Action three times. So, and uh, Belmont had a great, oh, conference used to be there? NEIAC. Shucks. All that time. I NEIAC. Thought. But they rotated it. It used to go up to East Noble. It was up at East Noble before. Yeah. I would have to, I would have to go back and look at who hosted those. Used to be in the old New Haven gym as far on the as, side of the road. As far as a dual meet. It was only the third or fourth time that Belmont had ever wrestled a dual meet against South Adams there. And there were some great matches there. The match between Colt Bolenbacher and Sam Wolpert was kind of a preview of where those two guys were. Um, we had a great match between Gavin Davis and Isaiah Meyer, if you remember that. Gavin hadn't had too many matches before that. Um, I'm trying to think of what the, what the other ones were. Grady Baker uh, eked out a, a win over Phoenix Boxel. And then we had the overtime match between Titus Loshi and Ben Mills. Henry Ferrote only beat Dakota Sprunger that night, um, 6-5. to five. The South Adams team, they were freshmen last year, a lot of those kids. Sophomores this year, and I think they're better next year than they were this year. Yeah. From there, what was our next broadcast? You went to New Haven. And called the New Haven and Jay County match. Girls. The girls match. Yeah, it was like East Noble was there too. That's right. And, of course, East Noble ended up winning the, the semi-state. You talk about state qualifiers. Those three teams from our area had a pretty good chunk of the, of the local state spots. Yeah, the East Noble wins the semi-state, and then New Haven comes back and wins the state in girls. And, of course, Jay County had great success as well at the state finals with Mallory Winter winning her third title. We saw Isabella Campo that night and Juliana. And then from there, we had our conference duel weekends. We had the any eight duels on Friday, and we did the ACAC duels on Saturday. That seems like so long ago. I can barely remember <laughs> which ones it was that we did. Where were we for the, for the conference duels? Uh, we went to... ACAC. ACAC was at Jay County. Jay County, and then at, we were at Huntington. No? Where were we at for the – New Haven. New Haven for the – That's NA, right. They were, at, duels. they were – I didn't go on we Friday. Were fri- we did Friday night NEIA. NEIA. Oh, not we did. NEIA. <laughs> NEIA. Too many letters in there. And then we went and did the ACAC on Saturday. Yeah, because I went to the ACAC and did them with you on Saturday morning, and then I jumped ship right away and drove all the way up to New Haven and caught the last couple of rounds yeah. for uh, that one. That's when we first realized just how good those two upper weights for Leo, the Coolmans, were. Yeah, the were. Coolman boys are Ooh. big. They were, they were impressive when we saw them. And the NEA in the last couple of years has gotten really competitive from second to fifth place. 
seems like every year there's been a, a, a good team at the top who's sort of been the favorite. But you look at some of the success that the NE8 had this year. We've talked about New Haven already. Belmont, you know, finishes runner-up in 2A. East Noble went down and made some noise in 3A. DeKalb was competitive mm-hmm. in the 3A tournament. And, you know, Huntington North had a wrestler in the state finals on the girls' side of things. They had a wrestler compete in the state finals on the boys' side of things with Toysh. Yeah, young Miss Troutner, she's the real deal as a freshman. Hunter Douglas represented Norwell at the IHSAA state finals as a sophomore, correct? Uh, Columbia City had their streak ended, but I think we know that, that Coach Culp's in it for the long haul, and they're going to be back, and they're going to be competitive. They were very competitive on the girls' side of things. Uh, that's everybody we that's the whole conference that we just listed yeah. um there's there's no bottom dweller uh who's not competitive who doesn't have that individual that's going to push some people and we saw some great um performances by some leo and east noble guys in the conference tournament later on in the season where we had you know the number one and the number two seeds wrestling for third and fourth because there were upsets in the in the semifinals yeah where do we go from there? The next uh, tournament that we had after that, after we did the conference duels, was the Snyder and Belmont match. And that was a good one. That was at Belmont. It was competitive. And we didn't get to see everybody from Snyder's team. We got to see Kayvon Russell. He wrestled Gavin Davis. And Gavin, you know, pushed him pretty hard. You could tell that Russell was just out of football, a state championship, and he was not back in wrestling shape. And uh, Davis pushed him because he, you know, Davis pushes everybody, and he's got an, he's got a whole nother gear. But uh, Russell come on, Russell well the end of the season, state qualifier. Uh, we saw Dotson again in that in that night, and we also did not we didn't get to see Ethan Smith, who was up at Duke's weight that night, but we saw him later in the year at semi state, and he looked pretty good. Uh, I'm I'm glad that Belmont has Snyder back on the schedule. I think that's one that that needs to stay. I think it's an important sort of historical rivalry that uh, that just lines up with where Belmont wants to be as they as they do their schedule. We also did the that week the Thursday night match between Columbia City and Adam Central, uh, one of several matches that we did at the hangar. And I'm trying to remember what the highlights of that one were. Columbia City won just three matches that night against Adam Central. They had a couple of forfeits. Um, I remember later on we were there for Homestead in the Fighting uh, Oberlands. Yeah, Columbia City with just three wins that night. Adam Central beats them 63 But we saw the fly- Flying Squirrel. The most incredible <laughs> move. You talk about, okay, what are your highlights of the season? That kid wrestling for, for Blaine. And then when I asked Blaine, what was that? And he goes, I don't know. He said, I, I don't know why he does that. Do you, do you remember that one? He, they were on their feet, and he, he did a forward somersault at him. He jumped and just wrapped his legs around him and tried to fling him down a little move, like a judo move or something, uh, like a jujitsu. I do, I do remember that now. That was against because ju- you had the call, and you just said nothing. You're like, I, 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 I don't know what that is. <laughs> and then you went, you went to our friends at the witness and listened, and they did the same thing. Like, yeah, Denny, uh, Denny had a good call of it too. That's one worth going back and, and listening to. He called had, him Mister Fancy Pants. I had, <laughs> He did. He called him Mr. Fancy Pants. You guys weren't there. Columbia City had this kid at 120 pounds. They were on their feet, and he was doing some sort of, I don't know, it was like Muhammad Ali before a fight or something he was trying to do. And all of a sudden, the kid went at Jackson Bingham, and he did a forward somersault 
passed him and then got back on his feet and was trying to – and Bingham looked at him like, what is going on? And then he – he, he jumped up in front of him and wrapped his legs around him and then Bingham just put him down to his back and tried to pin him. And it's like – Blaine just shook his head. He's like, I, I don't know what he's doing. That was a 16-1 to 1 tech fall for Jackson Bingham, who was just, I think, a, a first-year or a second-year wrestler for – for Coach Curry and is somebody who's going to get a lot better here, I think, in the next couple of weeks. Those Adam Central freshmen, you know, they, they came off of football and they didn't have a chance to get the season started like everybody else did. But, um, you know, Kale Beer, Dylan Ogg, uh, sophomore Maverick Dubois, Xander Schwartz was a freshman, Byerly was young. Those guys got a lot better in a real short amount of time. They wrestled so many matches <coughs> from about December 7th until – they went to that tournament and finished up at Lafayette. They must have wrestled 25 times, I think, yeah. in a matter of 12 days or something like that because we had that New Haven tournament <laughs> as well, the 10-way, where Adam Central went right at uh, Avon. That was another one that was really, really good. I had that one on that Saturday. I kept you at home. Told you don't worry about it. I got it. But unfortunately, it wasn't on track wrestling, and Avon had their lineup. And they were good guys, and I couldn't figure out who was who, and I didn't know them well enough. And we couldn't figure out who was wrestling who. At first, we thought that, uh, that Kale Beer was going right after Nathan Ryu, and little did we know that we were watching a, a, a state champion as, as both Ryus wrestled against Adam Central. Nathan beat Jackson Bingham. Uh, Luke Ryu beat Brayson 13-2. We saw Quentin Sheff in a great match against Mav Dubal. That was a 5-4 match. And Adam Central only lost to Avon that night, forty to twenty-four. Yeah, it was a it was a good tournament, and we also saw uh, Mr. Farnell from Maconquaw. He had a really good match against Adam Central, and Adam Central ended up beating Maconquaw. They were kind of in the hunt for a team state spot. Farnell ends up being a fourth place finisher. Farnell only beat Max Carr eleven to three in that match, and and Carr's a kid who got hurt midway through the year. But he and Miles both, of course, we're going to talk well about them because Kristen has been an incredible addition to our Z team, that's for sure. But uh, a lot of good things to, to come here in the next season probably from, from Max and from Miles. With that, let's send it back to the studio for a round of commercials with Steve Rouse running aboard. We'll be back with more High School Wrestling Weekly here on WZBD. Does your smile need work? Maybe it's time for a cleaning and exam. Visit Laura Kukulhan, DDS, and her knowledgeable, caring staff at Complete Smiles on North Main Street in Bluffton. Dr. Kukulhan would love to help you maintain your dental health or transform your smile. Whatever your needs might be, Complete Smiles is there to help you. Dr. Kukulhan is currently accepting new patients. Call 824-3100 to schedule an appointment. Wygan Construction in Fort Wayne is committed to providing quality, value-based construction services, and that commitment begins with our employees. We strive to anticipate and exceed clients' expectations, honor our commitments, and provide for the communities in which we live. If this sounds like the place where you'd like to work, visit our website at Wygan Construction to see our open positions and fill out an application. We want you on our team. Wygan Construction. Trust. Well built. The staff at Haggard, Hershey, and Zelt Funeral Home is honored to serve the community we love and live in. Locally owned and operated by Ryan Hershey and Eric Zelt, 
We understand that each family we serve and each life lived tells a unique story. Our goal is to offer comfort, care, and dignity to all who entrust their loved ones to our care. We are proud to call Adams County our home and look forward to serving you for generations to come. Welcome back to the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. We're live on the Hager Hersey's Elt High School Wrestling Weekly. Rex Burlong with Dane Filling as we wrap up this season. As a, We're still shaking the cobwebs out after the long drive down and long drive back. And uh, everything happened between points A and B this weekend, Dane. Yes, it did. We are continuing to go through our December. I think back to our December uh, high school wrestling weekly show. After we got done with that New Haven Super 10, that was the show where we determined the last couple teams in. That was the show where we announced sort of ad lib that we were expanding the 3A from eight teams to 12 teams. And it's honestly one of the best shows of the season that we had because, remember, we talked to every single coach who got the last spot in, remember? Mm -hmm. And every single one of them called. Every single one of them answered except one. Yeah. That was Coach King, remember? Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Got his answer in the service. We almost didn't call him back. Sorry, we're going to go to the next guy. That team state has been a great – a great partner and a great part of our show. And it's been a lot of fun to get to know some of those coaches. And then uh, I had several coaches come up to me and say, man, we've had a, a watch party the last couple of years. And we listen and wait to see where we fall in the bracket, whether, we, whether or not we get in. And uh, it's kind of been funny because the last couple of years I've had a couple of coaches reach out to me. Hey, we're going to be listening. And I'm thinking, oh, no. You're not in. You're not in. <laughs> Well, you can listen if you want. But uh, it's, uh, you know, that's, that's what you need. You need to have it competitive enough that there are teams who think they belong, who don't get chosen. Uh, the good thing is that was December uh, 17th. There's still time to schedule another tournament and or, you know, a lot of those teams have sc- tournaments scheduled and then they cancel them if they get in. I talked to Coach Spangle from Bishop Chittard on Friday and he said, you know, we're, we're planning on, on holding another December uh, 16th tournament this year. We're going to invite everybody who's on the bubble. We're going to invite them to Chittard and say, hey, if you think that, that you're going to have a chance, we'll put you in a Super 10 and we'll wrestle you against some of the other teams who are on the bubble and whoever wins may get the spot. He said last year the response wasn't very good, but we're going to continue to do it anyways because he thinks it's a really good idea. It's something that I've been advocating for for several years is – Take your teams that you invite and then take the next 10 teams, split them up into two groups, north and south, and have somebody host it and say, hey, this is basically the qualifier. Here's four other teams that you're competing against. Wrestle them in a round robin and see who comes out the best. Well, doesn't that make more sense to just complain because Dane didn't put you in? (laughs) Well, I'm only one of eight votes. Yeah, but everybody everybody thinks it's just you. It's true. It's just you. They do generally think. One thing that I did appreciate about Evansville this year is we saw a lot less people at random. A lot of people in Indianapolis, you walk around and they're like, aren't you that guy? Who yeah, the, the extra miles, just it, it kind of weeded out some of those guys. Oh, they're all good. Nobody got too belligerent with us. On Thursday, December 21st, right before Christmas, we had the Adam Central versus Norwell match. Adam Central winning that one 48-21. to uh, 21. Uh, we saw some good things from Dylan Ogg that night as he beat Jason Prow. Prow had just defeated Henry Ferrot earlier in the month, and we learned a lot about some of those those young guys from 
AC. And we also saw some things from Norwell that we liked. The Bainings, Eli and uh, Chase, showed some promise in that match. And uh, Hunter Douglas wasn't in the lineup uh, back then. Oh, no, he took a forfeit. That's right. He took a forfeit. I think he was hurt earlier in the year. Norwell, honestly, wrestled a really tough schedule all season long. They just didn't quite have the horses to be competitive at 2A this year. But they were solid. They were solid up and down. Absolutely. From there, then. Hey, does Johnny know we have a show? I, I think he does now, doesn't he? I don't know if he, if he does. He was here on the, on the uh, media day. The very next day. It was Nat and Rob as we went hands-off for the ECIC and said, you guys can handle this. The ECIC is overrated. I don't care what those guys <laughs> tell you. They always talk about the ECIC like it's the semi-state championship. No, it's the ECIC. Oh, no ECIC slandering allowed on this show. <laughs> that one would have been a lot better tournament this year, but that's what Oak Hill sacrificed from theirs, from their schedule. And so they dropped out with, you know, three, four days' notice. Columbus North was there and was very competitive. They ended up with uh, three state qualifiers with yeah. two state placers and were very competitive. We saw some good things. Uh, Newcastle was there. We saw good matches between Gavin Whitehead and Colt Bollenbacher. Um, South Adams competed really well there. And, of course, we've talked about it ad nauseum about Jay County. You know, they just didn't have their team all season long that, that we wanted to see to see them competitive. They had guys who we thought were going to be semi-state qualifiers, state qualifiers, that never really got to wrestle because of injury. You lost Myers in the in the football season. You lost uh, Whitcamp. He moved back to Illinois. You didn't have Tay Curtis. Some of those guys you really thought were going to have great seasons and, and, and weren't around. You know, and they, they think they're going to get Cameron Clark all season long, and they don't get Cameron Clark back. Uh, but then they, they do something, and they, they take their 45-pounder, and they put him at 50, and he does well, Robinson. Yeah, they, they honestly, the guys who wrestled at the end of the year from conference, sectional, and regional, they wrestled really, really well. And, of course, we'll talk about Cody Rouse and, and Tony Wood later on in the show. We did not have a show on Christmas Day, even though we lobbied for it. The boss <laughs> said, no, you can't have a show on Christmas Day. And then we came back, and we had the, um, we had the first day of Mishawaka on the live blog. Live blogging from two separate locations was uh, a little bit interesting and difficult, but a lot of fun. And then um, I had the coverage. We had our uh, High School Wrestling Weekly show that morning. Joe and Mike joined us for the 90-minute uh, up from the, the crow's nest. And then on day two, we had all of the Belmont matches on the second day of Mishawaka. Little did we know we were going to see Anthony Reinhardt and Duke Myers again, and we were going to see Will Clark and Keegan Martin again. That was a coming out party for uh, Xavier Palacios. And I think if Gavin Davis is healthy and wrestles in that tournament, Belmont ends up, I think, with probably a top five finish in yeah. the team scores. But, like, I, I talked to Tim on a floor the other day, and he said, with Gavin wrestling that in that tournament, served no purpose whatsoever. Agreed. It, it, they, were, it did, they were not going to win it. It didn't fit the need of the team. So... And while I was doing the placement round of the Al Smith, you were over on YouTube and you were doing the, the Jay County Girls Regional. And, you know, it, there, were, there weren't a lot of matches. There weren't a lot of girls there. But we talked about it a ton over the next two weekends. It was necessary. They had to get the girls lined up and seated 
for the semi-state. The semi-state was great competition, and the state finals was so much better because they were properly seeded. And, you know, our part of the state didn't have a ton of girls wrestling in that regional, but it got us a chance to really build a relationship with some of those girls from Westell and Daleville and uh, obviously from, from Jay County, and that, that paid off later on in, in our coverage. Yeah, it gave us a shirt. We got a shirt out of the Daleville girls. That is true. Now, I, I, Dane, during the, during the broadcast, we had six people hit the YouTube channel. One was you to make sure it was working. One was me to make sure it was working. So it was four other people. But, hey, we were just testing technology to make sure that I could do it, and this old laptop could do it. It was, it, it was worth doing, and next year I hope that the schedule sets up so that we can do it again. Like I said, I don't know what the IHSAA is going to do if they sanction things and where those tournaments are going to fall. That one was actually on a Saturday yep. because it was over the holidays, but the next two weeks were on Fridays, and, man, that makes it really difficult to do for radio because that's just not how wrestling generally works. Now, I know that uh, people talked about those those 16 uh, regionals for girls maybe not be necessary. Might as well get it set up so when it fill up later, it'll be okay. But you and I both know that that weeded out some of those girls that didn't compete well at the state finals. Right. And the girls coming into the state finals were true qualifiers, and it made the tournament way more competitive. I agree. It was a good, it was a good opportunity for some of those girls who were just brand new to the sport to wrestle on a much smaller stage. They used one mat. Two. two. Just two mats. No, 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 one. This one mat. Just one mat. Because they said that they would have been stopping the whole time. Right. And there was only a couple girls who were eliminated. Yeah. I think. But what it did, as I said, was serve a purpose where everybody was lined up and everybody was regionally divided. And then you had a regular semi-state bracket and it built from there. That's only because this area is light on girls. Right. And there, it's, there's a couple of teams with a lot of girls, but they need... A lot of teams with a lot of girls. One of those girls' regionals had over 100 girls. Yeah. And they, were, they eliminated 30, 40 girls. 39. 39 yes. girls, I think, wrestled in that regional at Jay County. And uh, what, 14 weights still, right? Yeah. yeah. With that, let's send it back to the studio. Steve Rouse for another round of messages. Back with more High School Wrestling Weekly here on WZBD. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. Come on, guys. It's where your friends shop. Decatur Package Liquors with the best service and variety in town, now with locations in Monroe, Burn, and Markle. Based out of the Indiana Tech Wrestling Facility, the Warrior Regional Training Center is an elite training center for youth wrestlers, high school wrestlers, and college and senior level athletes. Featuring a college coaching staff with a strong history of developing talent and producing results, Warrior RTC will give any wrestler quality training partners to push them to new levels in the state-of-the-art 25,000 square foot wrestling building. The training is affordable and private training is also available. Put Warrior RTC in your corner this season. At Jackson Associates Financial Services in Portland, we are committed to maintaining the highest standards of integrity and professionalism in our relationship with you, our client. We endeavor to know and understand your financial situation and provide you with only the highest quality information, services, and products to help you reach your goals. Give Troy a call for the latest rates on CDs and learn about the advantages in today's financial climate to invest in your hard-earned dollar. That's Jackson Associates in Portland. 
Welcome back once again to the Hanger Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle, once again live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And I went in and talked to our chef in there, and I said, you know, I have the, have the Cuban every week. What's your best? And he said, the clubhouse is his favorite. And I said, well, I'll go with that. Uh, it was ham, turkey, beef with bacon and cheese. And then the same sauce they put on a Cuban and with lettuce on top. I Tell took about two bites of it and just said, that's lunch tomorrow, and I put it away. <laughs> I didn't even – I didn't. Even, we, I mean, we ate pretty good this weekend, but I, I'm just – I'm well, too tired be, to eat. Only because we pulled out the trump card the entire time. <laughs> I told Sean Farout a little bit about it on uh, Saturday when I saw him, and I said, did you see us go into the, the, the double doors there? He said, you got to go in there? <laughs> they were camped out right outside. He said they were, they were, they were set up there, and the, the, the ladies started bringing in the, the giant crock pots of soup. And Sean said that was the worst place to sit because they could smell all that food, but they didn't have access to it. Did you see what Joe posted? Huh. He posted a sign on a thing that says, for workers, table workers, and Indiana map personnel only. He made the sign. They officially said Indiana map people only could go in there. I heard they got kicked out, though, later in the day. I don't know, but you and I w- walked in, and you pulled the Mike Gable card. <laughs> you said, I'm with Mike Gable, and she said, okay. Well, that taco soup was worth sticking around for. I didn't ask, but hey, guys, they had pork chops on a stick. It was a pork pop. Like a pork pop? Oh, it was good. It was good. <laughs> we found out that Greg Schaefer's, Greg Schaefer's dad has a farm and a slaughterhouse, and he makes his own sausage and bratwurst. Really? Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk it? We had, a, we had a great time at, at Modern Day. We'll talk about that later. We brought, home, we brought home some swag, too. We got some swag from Modern Day. We started the new year off Right, the judge was there in a very special edition, invitation only. Sorry, no offense, Tony. Uh, at Rex's, Rex's basement, as we revealed the brackets on that Monday night for Team State, that was a lot of fun. Joe did a, a lot of work uh, along alongside us. He spent all night cu- kicking bots out of the. <laughs> out yes, the there were a lot of bots in the comments on Facebook, but we were able to set up all of those and, and talk to a lot of coaches and get people excited about the four different sites for Team State. Had a lot of Team State conversations this week. Pat Culp, J.D. Mench, Greg Ratliff was in town from Ohio, and the ball's going to start rolling on those things. You're going to see stories on WZBD.com about who's qualified, who's going to be on the outside looking in. And then as we approach the next couple of weeks, we're going to have a chance to start talking about who might be hosting, what the host sites might be, and what that tournament's going to look like. Now, one thing that's going to be much different next year, make sure you listen up here, is the schedule reverts back a week next year. So corresponding weeks with the way the state finals go, all of that is later in the year next year in 2025. What that creates now is there's actually going to be a Saturday in between Mishawaka and Team State. Okay. So we're going to wrestle Mishawaka. I don't remember what it is, 27th or 28th. And then January 2nd or 3rd or whatever it is, let me pull it up here, there's going to be a full Saturday where you could theoretically fit in another tournament before we get to the team state. Or you rest and heal your wounds. Saturday the 4th. Saturday the 4th right now for Belmont is an open date on the calendar because team state is not until January 11th next year. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that and how that affects the girls' schedule and those types of things. 
If we could get girls tournaments on January 4th, that would be great for we'll us. We'll cover girls tournament. We'll see whether or not they move them to Saturday if they keep them on Friday. You know, we've we found the sponsorship for girls to be very easily uh, drawn in. I mean, these people want to support girls wrestling, and, and people step up. I mean, our, our friends at Jay County, you know, Troy Jacks says, hey, whatever it takes, I'll promote it. From there, we had to do that show on that Monday night because that Tuesday night, you and I had the Fighting Oberlins at Adams Central, <laughs> and that was another good match that we had. That was on January 2nd. And that was a dogfight for the Jets. It was 41-30 to 30 was the final score. I look at the box score here, and Trevor Curry won just 4-1. to one. There was a great match at 215 between Caleb Evans and Wyatt McAfee. That was when Keegan Bloom was still, was still out. That no. one went 7-6. to six. Was that the night that uh, AC got way out in front and the Oberlin's come fighting back? Yes. Just about got him and got nipped Homestead at the end. won by fall at 144, at 150, and 157. And Matt Heiser saved the day at 165. And we interviewed him, I think, at the end of that mm-hmm. night. And it was the first time he'd ever been on WZBD, but it was a good win for Adam Central. And then just a few days later after that, the judge and I got in the car. We drove to Huntington North. And we got a preview of what the Starfires were going to look like for Team State. That was on a Thursday night. Did you judge, stop, did you stop great, at Z Place? He had a great big, great big steak on the way home. It was good. Of course, the judge wasn't eating any salad, any potatoes, nothing beyond that. It was just the steak. He's on that. He's keto. on that diet. Going now. keto. It was a good match. My best memory of that match was we could not figure out how to get the power to work on the set. And the the power strip had been blown. And our good buddy Tyrone Wilson not only held the match up for us, he actually helped us carry our equipment from one corner of the gym <laughs> to the next and helped us set it up. And what a nice guy. You know, if you if you don't know Tyrone, you think he, he's kind of a kind of a grumpy guy that doesn't smile very often. <laughs> but he really is kind of a, a, a big teddy bear and he's been a, a big fan of, of our of our show, very willing to come on the show to be a guest, to discuss different things when it comes to, to officiating. And uh, I was really appreciative of him coming and, and being on the show Saturday morning. He is a very integral part of the Wrestling Officials Association in Fort Wayne. They have a very important meeting that they have early in the season and invite all the coaches there to have all the coaches and officials there. Robert Falcons comes up and talks at it. Tyrone works at Brotherhood Mutual, and they have a phenomenal auditorium in there he gets the, the auditorium reserved. They videotape it. They put it on a Zoom call so people all over the state can tune in, and they cater in Shigs and Pitt, and it's a phenomenal night. I go up on a Monday night, and I cover I usually interview some people. This year I recorded the entire speech that uh, Robert Falcons had, gave that to you, and had a lot of good tidbits in there, and he gave some insight to what we we're going to see in the uh, state finals at Evansville this year, and most of them came true. And that was a marathon week for us because we were on in your basement on Monday. We had the match on Tuesday at Adams Central. On Thursday, I was at Huntington North. And then on Friday, I took the day off, drove all the way to uh, Rochester, called the girls wrestling semi-state. East Noble won. We saw a preview of uh, the match for Mallory Winter, what was eventually her state finals match against uh, what Turtle. Was Turtle from East Side. Uh, got to know Lena Lingo a little bit and uh, did some, some interviews. That was a lot of fun. And interviewed both Ocampo girls and uh, really enjoyed that. 
and then it was a it was it was felt like driving home. I drove all the way back to Wabash to where my hotel was, and then got back up in the morning and drove all the way through Mexico into Chile into Rochester, <laughs> and I called the one A team state where Adam Central made the finals, and you called the two A team state where Belmont made the finals. Unfortunately, they both came up short. Yeah, that was the week I think uh, between you and I. I think I think I worked six of seven days that week. It was uh, it was busy. Now, Team State, if we could just get them to bring 1A and 2A back together, yeah, it'd be like Ghostbusters crossing the streams. We'd be back at, at full strength, but we'll have to see. We do know some people. We'll have to see whether or not we We don't know some. enough people. I don't. If the people are going to accommodate us that much. With that, let's send back to studio for another round of messages. We'll be back with more High School Wrestling Weekly on WZBD. Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur is hands down the best auto body repair shop in the Midwest. That's why your friends and neighbors give Bowers Paint Studio a five-star rating on Facebook. Your family ride get dinged in an accident? Take it to Bowers for a free estimate. Need a custom paint job for your collectible car or motorcycle? Bowers Paint Studio is the place to go. Nate works with all the insurance companies and can help you get a loaner. That's Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur. Brad Weber proudly supports the WZBD Wrestling Coaches Show. He also supports youth football in Adams County as a board member of the Decatur Football League and president of Belmont Cadet Football, giving our youth the chance to learn the great game of football. Some of the best football players in our area have also been fantastic wrestlers. That's why famous coaches like Joe Gibbs and John Madden always wanted wrestlers on their team. Find out more about youth football opportunities by giving Brad a call at 452-7045 or email bw at bradweberlaw.com. Are you ready for spring? Come see what we have growing in the greenhouses. Hi, it's Jessie at Heller Nursery, and we are open all winter long. Heller Nursery always has a wide selection of houseplants in stock and pottery for inside and outside the house. We are preparing for spring every day now. And with new shipments of decor, pottery, plants, and seeds, there's always something new to see. Check out HellerNursery.com to see our wide selection of spring offerings of trees, shrubs, fruits, and perennials. Heller Nursery, open seven days a week. Welcome back once again to the Hager Hershey's Hill High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle. Once again, we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And Dane, uh, usually on Sunday night, this place is uh, pretty hopping, but the, the uh, IU game got over and everybody in the IU search got up and left and this place is empty except for Tony Rome and then the judge come rolling in but it's you and I just reminiscing about this long season here of High School Wrestling Weekly. Yeah we're running through our January we had another one of those double header nights on January 11th where you were at Belmont calling the Yorktown match and we saw some of Yorktown's studs wrestle pretty well against the Belmont guys at different weights and I was down at Adam Central with the Delta match Belmont beat Yorktown 42 to 17 that night, but we got a first look at uh, Stuffle and Boone and, and Hoppus. And Hoppus, and those three guys are going to be. They made some noise in it. They they really mixed things up in that uh, in the Jay County Regional. Delta beat Adam Central that night, 49 to 21. Sam Mosier beat Brayson Shorgen, <clears throat> seven to five, and what was a really exciting match. Max Byerly had a big win at 150 pounds. I'm trying to think of what else was uh, significant. Wyatt McAfee, I remember, bumped up to 285 because Worm wasn't ready to go. And that match was really competitive until Moss got his weight on McAfee and ended up pinning him. But we got another look. I hadn't seen Delta because I wasn't there for the Belmont dual meet. 
and I wasn't there for Team State, so I didn't, I hadn't seen um, Jensen Boyd and Aiden Bullinger and Kay Jackson, all those guys, except for the match that uh, we did when when uh, Nat and I did the South Adams match earlier in the year. Well, but by the time the end of the season, we'd seen plenty of the fighting LeCounts. I think, I think so too, and uh, they're only going to get better. That's for sure. Then the here's the, here's the thing: What if White Crest is still there? <laughs> Agreed. Then the very next day, we got in the car, probably about seven thirty in the morning. We drove to Kokomo, and it was uh, wild weather there. Remember, we we got a little greasy on it one spot, kind of slipped around a little bit, but uh. we also had a really nice conversation with a uh, state patrolman in the morning. <laughs> yes, we did. I I got pulled over for speeding and going through into Bagley. We hadn't even made it into. Uh, he says, "Do you know how fast you're going?" I said, "I have no idea." We're talking about wrestling, <laughs> and he just looked at me and said, "You have no idea." I was like, "No, I have no idea." We're talking about wrestling. He goes, "Okay, okay." He come back and said, "Drive safe," and I was like, "Okay." We went down to Kokomo <laughs> to the historic Fieldhouse down there. Spent the entire day. I don't. It was 8 or 9 o'clock. Till, we, we had till internet we traumas so bad, and then Pat Culp saved our lives. We had this great internet feed with the local um, in-house Wi-Fi, and the speed was through the roof. But every 12 minutes, it would completely drop, and we would lose our internet, <laughs> and we'd have to start the broadcast over. And, you know, as lovely as she is, Pat Culp, she said, I will fix you up. Pat Culp literally took an Ethernet cord that was 300 feet long. <laughs> Ran underneath the mats. We went all the way. WZBD was broadcasting underneath the action. <laughs> and we never had a problem the rest of the night. We had some great interviews. We interviewed how many state champs that night. Um, and it was so cool. We felt like Greg Rakestraw there for yeah. a while. Um, we, we, we said, well, if we find somebody, Coach goes, you want to talk to my girl? And they started sending them up. And we had them lined up like cordwood. At one point, I had a couple of girls. I said, I don't know if I know who you are. Well, tell us your name. <laughs> they all look different when they're in their when they're in, in their warm ups and not out on the mat on their singlets. But we so got to talk with the we got to talk with the Iron Bear that day. Yeah, uh, he was on towel. <laughs> he was on towel number five or number six. <laughs> you know, when you talk about putting your blood, sweat, and tears into a tournament, he certainly put plenty of sweat into it. We we you and I both know Kokomo, the Fieldhouse. It's a great place. Too small for that venue and too small for that event. It worked this year, barely. But the problem, like I said, is it's an old-school gym, and there aren't easy passageways to get from one side to the other. It's a big square, and you're trying to go around the top. And there's, a lot, there's, there's these self-made places where people don't sit because there's traffic yeah. to get here or to get there. And uh, somebody needs to step up to take that over and run it right. And we found Mooresville wasn't the right place either. Nope, that gym was not big enough yeah. either. So we'll see. There's a lot of big schools in Indiana who have pretty strong girls wrestling teams, and maybe one of them will step up and offer to host it. How about I the think, field house at Newcastle? I think that general distance from Indianapolis, draw a line from the monument in the center of Indianapolis to Kokomo, and draw a big circle as that is your radius, anywhere in there would be good yeah. for the girls' state finals. I just don't know if Kokomo is going to be able to, to hold it. How about longer. we decide where we think it should be, and we go to that school and say, guess what, we want you to do it. We give them, uh, we give them props. Hey, the people at Kokomo were, were good, although hospitality room, we were on the air too much because I got like a slice of cold pizza <laughs> and a little tiny 
plastic cup of popcorn. And I think that's all I ate the whole day until we got to Arby's on the way home. Yeah. And then our wives were complaining about how late we were out. And my wife says, you're at Arby's, aren't you? She was she, tracking my phone. She, she tracked you. <laughs> oh, it was good. I, I, I really enjoyed that tournament and that day. And it was certainly uh, worth it. And we provided a lot of coverage that, just like this weekend, for people who don't want to do flow, who don't want to pay the money to stream it, don't want to deal with the technology issues, or don't have the internet for it, we created a pretty good alternative. I'm telling you, Dane, next year's shirts is going to have girls on it, and it's going to say IHSAA-sanctioned girls wrestling. And I'm going to just go for it and put it on a shirt. And if <laughs> and I'm, just, that it I'm just going to will it to happen. You know, our support of girls wrestling, we don't hide it. We wear it on our sleeve. And I think the girls and the fans that support the girls appreciate what we do. And after that long, long day, and that was when it was supposed to get extremely cold, the best thing that happened to us that day was that they canceled the wrestling the next day, and we were able to yeah, stay home. Yeah, Remember when we good. got that message? Then when we came back, we got to interview some of the girls' coaches for our show here at the Double Eagle. And then we went up to Carroll for the final dual meet of the season for the Belmont Braves. And Carroll, a little bit down this year, but, you know, it's, it's hard to believe how competitive they used to be against Belmont just three, four, five years ago, and now they've kind of fallen. But a school that size. Seeing their middle school teams and what they have, I think they'll probably be back up. It just They just didn't have much to offer this year. Yeah, a school that size should have a, a stronger wrestling team. That's all I can say. The very next day, you and I went to uh, – no. You and I did not go to South Adams. The schedule says we did. You went to South Adams. You had the, the you had Bite Gate 2024, while I had the the three way between Dwanger, Huntington North, and Adams Central from the sack. And then, because that took so long, you got through Bite Gate and Jamie Gagline's call, and you got in the car and you were there by the time. Uh, Adam Central was done. We got our friend Eric Myers was on the call that night. We did about half. I, did, I was there for about half that last match. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we talked about that biting incident, and then we get to Keegan Martin's match at semi-state, and he's got those that scratch across his back. I still don't understand how that's not a penalty. Chris, Chris got a fantastic picture of it. It was on the website. I don't know what made those marks. It looked like uh, like a, were, a, were, a Wolverine got him with the. With the big calls. Now, as an official, does does uh, does the wrestler have to, to point it out to you for it to be called? If the wrestler doesn't say, hey, look at this, and you just happen to see it, are you are you conditioned to? Yeah, I'll see it. You're trying to, you're trying to find it. It's on here. It's on this article. Yeah, there's, there's a, the patched up. Right there. That's all we got to patch on it. Oh, it must, have been, it must have been a different article he had it in there. It might, have been the, it might have been the preview one. You can kind of see it on there yeah. if, you, if you zoom in a little bit. But um, I guess what I'm asking is if, if, if you see something like that but the wrestler doesn't say anything about it, that it hurts or that it happened, do you just ignore it? No, you, do, you can call it. You can call it. Yeah. Interesting. As we look forward to the next tournament that we did, it was conference tournament time just two days later as we are again blessed that the ACAC continues to wrestle on Friday night. 
and the NE8 on Saturday. On Friday, we were at Bluffton, and um, that's a, a condensed night for sure, but a lot of fun. And Adam Central came away with the victory that night. Jay County just not at full strength uh, through that one, but we got a chance to see some matches, Rex, that we ended up seeing how many times the next couple of weeks. What did we see? Juan Cruz and Zach Worm three weeks in a row? Yeah. We saw Trevor Curry and Bryce Wink for three weeks in a row. Um, some of those matches were good. We saw some really good matchups between Titus Loshi and Miles Carr. And, you know, a lot of those ACAC teams are really supportive of what we do on WZBD. And I like hanging out with, with all of those guys. We got a first chance of the year to see the Morales boys from Heritage. Heritage yep. And um, they sent a wrestler to semi-state, had a regional um, did he win a regional? He won a sectional title, I know, yeah. Morales did. Um, so we're hoping to sort of build that relationship with Heritage over the next couple of years as Coach Litchfield tries to sort of build up their program and, and find ways to get more numbers. And, you know, when you're trying to build a team like that, a lot of it just comes down to let's just build a team to the point where we have no forfeits. Yeah. And then do you know how much more fun wrestling is when you can wrestle a full dual meet? Yeah. How much fun is it to be on a team where you got six forfeits? Yeah, I, you're not really wrestling. In the, you're not even playing the same sport. Yeah, there, there's times when I'd referee a match and you take something on your schedule and you could drive over there and each team would forfeit three or four times and it took longer to drive over there than the match took. And you come back and it's like those are not fun for anybody. And Heritage, um, their enrollment has been pretty steady. It's just a matter of convincing kids that it's worthwhile to try the sport. Well, and, and to build it up. Coach Colkman, he's a big wrestling guy, and he really promotes it too. And he, he works with those guys and said, you know, there's guys that are wrestlers make better football players, and everybody knows that. And unfortunately, they had an injury earlier in the year to their heavyweights, but it did open up a, a window for Logan Teichman to come in and be their heavyweight, and he had a really good season. That kid is a beast. That he heavyweight beast. division at the ACAC was crazy. Yeah. You think about Worm and Cruz – Made the finals there. Peyton Long got fifth, right? Teichman and Specht, I think, were wrestling for third and fourth. Yeah. Uh, Connor was – I saw him at our, um, at our hotel this weekend. That was a loaded, a loaded set of, of Most of those of guys ended up at the semi-state. And then you look at what the NEA had the next day for heavyweight. James Hartle Road had one of the biggest upsets of the, of the whole tournament. The McGrant kid from New Haven – had a really good season. Didn't make it to semi-state, I don't think. Um, he got beat by Grady Baker in that in that tournament. But you also have Coolman in there, and you have the kid from Columbia City was also yep. very good this year. Uh, and overall, you know, Grady Baker saw so much competition. And I think next year, when you talk about kids who are going to take that next step, and I don't know who you think. Is certain is supposedly the kid from Belmont who took that next step this year. I don't know Henry Fro as a freshman. I don't think you can say went from 500 to competitive, um, but I think Grady Baker is going to go from 500 to knocking on the door of the state finals next year. Well, that's the difference between a guy that comes from a, a wrestling family that's been wrestling his whole life versus Grady Baker, whose older brother played base uh, basketball. 
and he got into wrestling kind of late but fell in love with it. His family's helped transition in. They become wrestling fans now, and they know more about it. Um, I talked to his, his grandpa, Johnny Baker, who was my baseball coach. He goes, I don't know nothing about a Rex. I'm just here to support my grandson. <laughs> yeah, Grady really enjoys being a part of it. And another part of the Grady Baker story that I think is probably underrated is the role that uh, Carter Freak played for Belmont this year. And he sort of adopted Grady as, as his guy and really spent a lot of time. And it was kind of cool to see Carter being the one who was coaching him in the corner. And a couple of those guys, John Rubel, I think, spent a lot of time with him. And it, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention um, Doug Schultz and the role that he played in, in wrestling with Zach Worm. You talk to anybody about the success that Zach Worm had in the three years that he wrestled, that's because he was in there beating on Doug Schultz, who's, you know, twice triple his age. Hey, the, the, the coaches know that you've got to have a big in your room. You've got to have a big that knows something to wrestle with your heavyweights to push him. I mean, if you don't have a big coach, uh, who, who's the other guy? That, Kyle Thomas. Kyle Thomas is another guy, and he's a big guy, and he gets in there and pushes worm. He he takes up a lot of space. And that's what you and that's what you need. With that, let's send it back to the studio to Steve Rouse running board for us. Back with another round of commercials here on WZBD. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker Drywall. Glazer & Ebbs Law Firm, located in downtown Fort Wayne, has been recognized by U.S. News & World Report as Best Lawyer, Best Law Firms, and rated as Best Law Firms for the years 2023 and 2024. This is the second year in a row that U.S. News & World Report and Best Law Firms has recognized Glazer & Ebbs. Glazer & Ebbs is located in downtown Fort Wayne, directly across from the courthouse, with free parking behind the building. With Glazer and Ebbs, there is a free consultation, home and hospital visit, car settled for free, and no fee if no recovery. Glazer and Ebbs, 260-424-0954. That's 260-424-0954. Glazer and Ebbs, best lawyers, best law firms, two years in a row. No fee if no recovery. No fee if no recovery. Glazer and Ebbs, with offices in downtown Decatur. Call 728-9997. Business, because everybody told us, hey, the show is on Monday, and it wasn't up on a, up Tuesday. Mikey Reiser said, I wanted to listen to it on the way down, and David didn't have it up for us. David does a good job getting it up. But, uh, he does. He had some sick kids at home last week and didn't even make it into work one of the two of those days. He's done a lot of work behind the scenes to bring you some of our highlights we're going to have highlights from this weekend later on in the week once i get enough sleep to be able to put it all up there as we're running a little bit behind we're still trying to get friday's stuff in well when you spend seven hours in a car <laughs> that is that is true the next two weeks after we got done with the conference tournaments we were at jay county for sectional and regional belmont won an exhilarating last second victory to win the sectional and then Delta came in and dominated and won their first regional 
in forever. But we, Belmont pushed them in the regional. Yes. And and even Tim interviewed. We interviewed. No, actually, the uh, Hit the Mats studio guy interviewed Tim, and Tim said he was surprised that they were as close to Delta as they were. But they wrestled really well. And, uh, I, you know, we saw the strength of our regional as we went through the next two weeks. But I think we knew when we were there at Jay County, and we saw some of those kids come in, and we got through that first round, and we said, you know, these are the 56 kids we're sending to semi-state. We got some good ones in here. And it, and it showed with the success that they had in making it to state. Now, it, it kind of reminds me, you know, everybody else was out of the building last night when, uh, when Mr. Snyder was talking about uh, his team championship, and he said, we come through the, the Mooresville Regional, and he said, you can call that the fifth semi-state. That Jay County Regional is the same way. We saw kids coming out of the regional and said, these kids are going to state. We know these kids are going to walk through the semi-state next week, and we knew there's a big handful of kids that were going to go to the state finals out of that regional. Well, there were some theories online on Indiana Matt this morning or last night that said perhaps one of the problems that Crown Point had was that they weren't pushed in their sectional and their regional. They only lost four matches combined at sectional and at regional. No, we don't want them in our regional. And you look at it, you know, that semi-state, think about this, guys. Judge, Tony, that semi-state, they won one title. Will Clark was the only champion from the East Chicago semi-state. Fort Wayne had three champs. Yeah. And East Chicago had one. And I think if you look at how well Brownsburg and Center Grove wrestled yesterday and on Friday, I think there's a lot to be said about how hard they got pushed from sectional to regional to the semi-state. And, you know, they were battle-tested and ready to go. I talked to a coach after Clark got beat by Hartle Road, and one coach told me, didn't surprise me, he said nobody pushed him. He was out of it. Once he found somebody big that pushed him like that, Hartle Road whooped him bad. Well, once he started losing, he was done. Once we saw Juan Cruz push Aramis McNutt around, because I, I said on air last week, once we saw the brackets on Monday after the Super Bowl, I said, we're not going to win a match. There's no way we're going to win a match because I had seen what Mike Reiser thought of those heavyweights and what the rankings were and what they had done, and I said, this is not good. We're not favored in any of these matches based on the rankings. Then we get down there, and we see how small Aramis McNutt is. Great heavyweight, athletic, quick. He wasn't going to push Juan Cruz around, no. that's for sure. And as soon as that happened, and then he and Harlow Road were wrestling at the same time, then we realized, okay, we actually were a lot better at heavyweight than we thought. You know, and every, every year we keep track of how many Fort Wayne semi-state champs get beat by fourth placers. Guess what? This year, two Fort Wayne semi-state fourth placers took out semi-state champions from someplace else. We lost one. Uh, Tishner got beat Friday night. He was a semi-state champion. That's the only one that Fort Wayne lost on Friday night. Yeah, we had 20 state placers from our semi-state, <coughs> and they did they did our area well. Uh, yeah. All the conferences were, were represented, and it was a lot of fun. You had a state champion from the NE8. You had a state champion from whatever the heck that conference is that Western's in. I can't remember what it's called. Which yeah, one are they in? There. And then you had a, a state champ from the NECC. You had medalists from the... ACAC and Rex and I are both struggling. We're seven minutes away from the end of the season, Rex. I made it. We can, we can do it. Um, and then we get to the semi-state, and honestly, we should probably save the 
semi-state. No, Rex is going to make it. When we got down to the semi-state, up to the semi-state, I guess, we had a good time at the Coliseum. Of course, Pat Culp and uh, everybody from Southside was a gracious guest to us, and we had some great ticket round matches. I have to ask a question. Why do I have the speakers on? Uh, we have the speakers on. These two guys are sitting right in front. Kathy's listening. Kathy, she's listening. There's two people in the whole place. The judge and Tony, <laughs> and I got speakers. I got speakers on out here. But uh, anyway, we think of those ticket round matches. Uh, everybody in Adams County had a great first round, and we were we were really busy during that ticket round. Isaiah Meyer was so close to joining Colt Bullenbacher as a second Starfire. We saw some great. Great wrestling from Sam Wolpert and Xavier Palacios. Um, those guys are going to be right there next year qualifying for state on that, on, the, on that path. We saw great wins from our Belmont guys, an inspired match by Henry Ferrot. Of course, Adam Central had their streak ended, and, and Trevor Curry couldn't get it done for the second year in a row with an incredibly tight match. That's a tough bracket. Yeah, tough quarter. It was. And that weight, you know, at Fort Wayne was really competitive. It was unfortunate that Adam Central couldn't get anybody there. But, I mean, you look at what they have returning and some of the talent that they have in some of those lower weights and some of the talent that they have in the eighth grade class, I have no doubt that Adam Central will be represented again next year at Indianapolis. Yep. With that, let's send it back to the studio for our final break here of the season. We'll be back with more High School Wrestling Weekly on WZBD. The staff at Haggard, Hershey, and Zelt Funeral Home is honored to serve the community we love and live in. Locally owned and operated by Ryan Hershey and Eric Zelt, we understand that each family we serve and each life lived tells a unique story. Our goal is to offer comfort, care, and dignity to all who entrust their loved ones to our care. We are proud to call Adams County our home and look forward to serving you for generations to come. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. Come on guys, it's where your friends shop. Decatur Package Liquors, with the best service and variety in town, now with locations in Monroe, Byrne, and Markle. Nobody handles screen printing and apparel like Team Montrewear in Bluffton. Providing high quality and creative apparel for South Adams football, Belmont wrestling, and many others in our area, Team Montra takes all the work coaches and volunteers used to do, taking orders and collecting money, and does that for them. Set up an online store and let the local experts at Team Montra take care of the rest. From custom designs to a wide array of apparel and gear, Team Mantra is your home for all of your team apparel needs. Visit the brand new location for Team Mantra Wear on Main Street in Bluffton or visit them online at teammantrawear.com today. Welcome back once again to the Hager Hersheydale High School Wrestling Weekly for our final segment here on the 2023-24 season of the Hager Hersheydale High School Wrestling Weekly. Well, obviously... We talked at the beginning of the show about the state finals, and I don't think there's going to be any greater memory than that takedown by Duke Myers in the last 15 seconds, third period. Our, our, our Z team back in the studio, they did a great job of cutting up the broadcast. You are going to be able to listen to our entire two days 
It's going to be split up into six different segments. The two segments on Friday and then four different sessions on Saturday. We'll have the highlights from all of Belmont's matches, including your iconic call of Duke Myers takedown against Anthony Reinhardt. So if you all I contributed to the broadcast on that one was just me in the background going two <laughs> Well hey hey if if you want to listen to it that's fine but I've got the video that the judge took from his seat. That was very, very good. I hey judge, it. judge the video you took from your seat of the last ten seconds of his of his match is phenomenal. That was you know, and that's what it's. No, he he should have. It's, he, he I was screaming. He might have fallen over the the ledge though if he would have ripped his shirt off. I, I screamed and then I took my headset off because I knew I was yelling and it was just going to spike the meter and Steve was going to be going crazy back to the studio. So you know what though, you go down there some years, and you don't get those moments. And you, you watch the other moments where you see, you know that it means something to someone else and then that people are going crazy, but it's not your guy. How many years in the last 15 years have we had that true moment where, I mean, I'm sure Tim and, I'm sure Tim and Duke convinced Duke that he had a shot to win, but we all were there at, at the Al Smith and we saw it. I, it didn't look like Duke was going to be able to take him down. And it didn't look very likely that he was going to get a win on Saturday. And for him to come in and do that, uh, there's, there are not many matches in, in my memory going all the way back to the late 90s of going to the state finals where I can remember feeling that excited about a win. When Ike won in the semifinals uh, his sophomore year was one of those where I thought I, had, I did not think that he was going to beat Lowry from Roncalli, I think it was. Um, the Ben Whistle match for Randy Baker back in 99 was one of those that I will always remember. Um, but they don't come around very often, and it was worth, it was worth celebrating. And I know that the response that we got online, there's like 750 people liked the photo that Chris took mm-hmm. after Duke won that semifinal match. It was, it was awesome. You know, you know, there's years we go down there and we get blanked on Friday night, and the rest of the weekend we're just, just going through the motions. Now, you know, like I said, it's more exciting when your guy is in it. I mean, you have some local guys that you can call their calls, and, and somebody, sometimes you do the justice. But if it's a guy from your hometown, a guy from Adams Central South, Adams Belmont, and it's one of those guys that you're, you're really into the match, it really feels better. And, and for us to drive all the way to Evansville and get blanked would just have been a shame. Would have been a shame. Yeah, I think the comment of the weekend for me was when I saw Sean after that, I saw him in the hallway, and he said, did you guys get to enjoy that as much as we did? And I said, absolutely. We, we, we sure as heck did. So, so let, let's talk about the other moment on air during the day when you brought Sean Frode up, and he's just doing this interview. And, and Sean just thinks, hey, it's just an interview. Why'd you bring me up here? And you spring that on him, and he thought there was, a, a, was an episode of Pranked, like he's waiting for Ashton Kutcher to come out and talk to him or something. Assistant coach of the year, very well deserved. Anybody who knows Sean, um, from a guidance counselor perspective, from a coaching perspective, absolutely one of the best assistant coaches in the state, incredibly intelligent in all areas, especially in wrestling, and somebody who really, really cares about Belmont wrestling and has put his heart and soul into it. Um, He doesn't have a kid on the team right now. Calvin's graduated. He's got a young one in seventh grade. Uh, he, he, He did the middle school thing for so long, even when his kids weren't wrestling. 
and and worked under John Freet. And you know, if you talk to him about what John Freet men, means to him, a lot of what he knows came from from that sort of mentality of taking the lowest guy on the team, the kid who needs the most work, and and focusing on him. Sean is great at that, and it's a it's a much deserved honor. Although Sean said that much more than winning the award or being recognized, he said the fact that Tim nominated him that that is what meant the, the most to him. Yeah, so. he was like, you you told me he did it, and won it. And he goes, is that is that really a thing? It's like, yeah, classic. yeah. That's a classic Sean moment. <laughs> and with that, I think uh, this season has wrapped up. Once again, we'd like to thank the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill for putting up with us on Sunday nights. Uh, I'd like to thank our crowd that usually comes out here in full force, but I think this weekend was just too much for them to warm down. And we'd like to thank Steve Rouse for putting up with us all season long. And I know that we entertain Steve as much as we can just to make his Sunday night go a little bit better. But uh, with that, I'd like to thank all of our sponsors. I'd like to thank everybody that tunes in. I'd like to thank everybody that likes our show and talks to us about it. And with that, back with more WZBD Wrestling next year on WZBD.